Welcome to the Global Venture in Review podcast. My name is James Mawson, founder and editor-in-chief of our Global Corporate Venture and Global University Venture and Publications. And Jerry Hellis, our regular compadre on these calls, has taken a well-earned holiday after completing the March issue of Global University Venture. But for those missing his insights, do take a look at his article, How to Change the World for the Better. As Anne Dubry, head of Cambridge Enterprise Sea Funds, talks to Thierry about the unit's work and the evolution of university venturing over the past two decades. Another big news past week, we've seen Uber has confirmed it will acquire Karim, biggest rival in the Middle Eastern market, for $1.4 billion in cash and $1.7 billion in convertible notes. The $3.1 billion price will mark a significant uptake on the reported $2 billion valuation of which Karim last raised money, and a lot more than that for Saudi Telecom, which supplied the company's $1.7 million seed fund back in 2013 through its STC fund managed by Iris Capital, which fortuitously hosted its corporate day at the Eiffel Tower on the day that the exit was announced. Certainly the news helped make its after-party go with a swing. This first money saw, therefore, a 100 times return on the region's first unicorn exit and four times return for the whole STC fund for the Middle East. But this could rise if Uber succeeds in floating as the exit was a cash and stock transition. Some exiting investors include Altair, Daimler, Rakuten and Didi Shuxing, the Chinese right-handed peer to Uber. On another big news, we saw it's notable to see five large deals in the past week evolve in Tencent in the week after its financial results for the year 2018. Key.com, a real estate services marketplace spun off from Leangia, is in the process of raising $800 million in the Series D round led by Tencent. Funding has not been framed as a Series D, but Key, which began operating in early 2017, has not publicly disclosed any earlier funding. It will use the capital to enhance its technology and user experience. Yipin Sheng Zhang is pursuing a new retail model that combines brick and mortar fresh food retail stores with an app based ordering facility, kind of like building a combined online and offline business from the ground up, as opposed to adding mobile ordering to an existing business or supplementing an e commerce offering with live showrooms. It's also just received $298 million in a Tencent led Series B round. Plans to put that money into expanding its stores to 1,000 outlets by the end of the year. Tencent has returned to co-lead a $297 million Series D round for big data and AI technology provider Mininlam, which will help fund technology development and an expansion of its R&D labs. Corporate had already co-led Mining Latin's $159 million Series C round last year, and Series D investors also include Huajing Growth Capital and Avic Trust. And cross-border finance transfer service Airwallets has meanwhile received $100 million in the Series C round featuring Tencent that valued it at more than $1 billion. The DST Global-led round almost doubled the company's overall funding to more than $200 million. Its early investors include Mastercard and Bank Central Asia's Central Capital Ventura unit. And the final one of Tencent's five rounds in the past week was Shuidi. has shaken out its Series B funding. The healthcare-focused crowdfunding service collected $74.5 million in the Tencent Red Land that will be used to add AI technology to its insurance platform. So just in that one week, just deals involving Tencent, primarily in China, we've seen effectively about one and a half billion, in fact, even a little bit more than that, of funding going to five companies. So that's one corporate investor back in five companies. Now, even if it provided, let's say, 20% of that money, suddenly that's 300 million going out. 
in the time when Tencent announced its annual results. And obviously, back in the last year, Tencent's stock price had fallen dramatically, but the power of its investment model is uh, it's really hard to overestimate. You know, it's best known for its WeChat, one app to rule them all model, but actually Tencent's a pretty diversified holding company now. And uh, as it said in its 2018 results, quote, we have invested in more than 700 companies. More than 100 investees were valued at over $1 billion each, among which over 60 went public, end quote. So Tencent's investment strategy differs to that of its rival Alibaba Group, China's largest e-commerce giant, which has made significant outright purchases of companies, including Asian e-commerce platform Lazada, logistics platform Kaimyo Network, and Chinese on-demand services company Alidumui, according to one of Alibaba's portfolio companies, South China Morning Post, in an article. Alibaba also pointed in its 2018 results recently to, quote, cash outflow of 22.888 billion renminbi, which is about $3.3 billion, for investment and acquisition activities, including investments, Focus Media and Tokopedia in its fourth quarter. So that was about $3.3 billion outgoings in the fourth quarter alone. So JD.com, for its annual results for last year, noted a, quote, Increase in investment in equity investees and investment securities of 22 billion, remember. So again, about 3.3 billion, but that was for the whole of last year, versus the fourth quarter. And Baidu, the final one of the so-called BATJ, Baidu, Alibaba, Tencent and JD.com, in its annual results, said, quote, total other income was 11.8 billion, remember, so about $1.7 billion, increasing 111% from 2017, mainly due to gains from the disposal of Du Xiaoman, financial services and fair gains and private company investments, end quote. So as a senior director at one of the large China-based corporate ventures from these Batche companies said, quote, the markets were chopping Q4 in the fourth quarter of 2018. The private markets have remained fairly stable and companies are increasingly reliant on private capital even well beyond the $1 billion valuation benchmark. The density of unicorns within a given segment or vertical and the sheer growth in the number of private unicorns in China and globally also staggering, which begs the question whether the 1 billion unicorn threshold is that meaningful for benchmarking differentiating companies in the current environment, end quote. Data provider CB Insights tracks 326 unicorn companies around the world, and The Economist, citing this research, noted last month that in the last three months of 2018, deals to venture capital to Chinese companies slumped by two-fifths. However, if you look at the corporate ventures, they actually increased their activity to 88 deals in the fourth quarter compared to the prior three months. 83 deals and 78 in the same period of 2017, according to GCV Analytics. So what you're finding is that corporate ventures, even though there's a a general pullback from some of the venture deals, are actually underpinning the whole market in China. As the sort of senior director noted, the private valuations have remained remarkably steady, even as the public volatility has increased at the end of last year. Obviously, markets have been coming back a bit so far this year. And the power of the corporate venture units to his point about the number of companies with a 1 billion valuation, the power of these corporate venture units to spin out companies and invest in startups meant that most, in fact, 110 out of 130 of the next generation of unicorns weight and flotation or acquisition have local corporate venture backing, according to search by GCV Analytics, using latest valuations data on Chinese unicorns by China Money Network and CB Insights. And you can read more about this topic in our April issue out there. Uh, in a week or so's time, and hear from Geoffrey Lee, managing partner at Tencent Investments at the GCV Symposium at London's County Hall, the UK's House of Commons, on May 22nd, May 23rd. So 
Looking forward to catching up with about $2.5 trillion of aggregate annual revenue from the corporations who attend, about 400 or so, and it should be a great example. So those are the uh, big stories from the past week or so. Now for the news in brief. On exits, we've seen McDonald's, a fast food retailer, making a sizable acquisition, having agreed to pay more than $300 million to buy Dynamic Yield, a developer of machine learning technology that will make its drive through kiosks more intelligent. We've seen Kyriba score $160 million in an acquisition deal. Bridgepoint could take a majority stake in Kyriba in a deal that would allow HSBC, Mitsubishi, UFJ, Financial Group, Red Bank, Populaire, Mitsui Bank and American Express to exit. And on the IPOs, Lyft has raised a huge $2.34 billion in its initial public offering, floated on top of its range, having exchanged that range upwards on Wednesday. The IPO valued the company at more than $24 billion and should prove something of a vindication for those who suggested big money in ride-hailing space when some onlookers suggested it was overvalued. Those investors include Alphabet's Capital G, Rakuten, Alibaba, Didi Shushing, General Motors, Jaguar, Land Rover and Magnacorp. The year's biggest IBO will almost certainly be Uber, but Pin Interest has also recently filed for an initial public offering, expected to have valued at some $12 billion. Rakuten-backed social media platform may even end up exceeding those expectations, considering increased revenue by 60% in 2018, while halving losses instill what many to be an early stage of its monetization process. It is far to raise an initial $100 million, but expect that to increase when it sets the IPO range. Zoom, a profitable video conferencing technology provider, has also filed to go public, with Qualcomm Ventures set to record an exit in its 100 million IPO. Hokipia is looking to the public markets. Hokipia Pharma, a Bohringer, Ingelheim, Takeda and Gilead-backed infectious disease and cancer drug developer, has filed for an 86.3 million IPO. And Turning Point, which is backed by Eli Lilly and GlaxoSmithKline to develop cancer treatments, has filed to raise up to $100 million, having secured $145 million in VC funding. On the deals in the past week, we've seen reports that mattress producer Casper is beginning to ready its IPO, but in the meantime, it's raised $100 million at a reported $1.1 billion valuation. Target was among the participants in the round, which boosted Casper's overall funding to some $340 million in the space of roughly five years. Payteam owner 197 Communications is reportedly in discussions to raise as much as $2 billion in the funding consortium that will include existing backers, SoftBank, Vision Fund and Ant Financial, and the valuation is $16 to $18 billion. Elsewhere, Leap Motor, one of several China-based electric car developers to emerge in the past five years in the wake of Tesla's success, is reportedly looking to raise approximately $372 million in what will be its Series B round. Connected robot developer CloudMinds is in the process of raising $300 million in funding and so far secured SoftBank Vision Fund as an investor in the round. Dell Hivery picked up $413 million three weeks after reports suggested SoftBank Vision Fund had led a $395 million Series F round for the e-commerce delivery service, Dell Livery. His size has been confirmed at $413 million. LiDAR technology developer InnoViz Technologies is a bit further along in the fundraising process, having nailed down $132 million in the Series C round that includes Phoenix Insurance and Haral Insurance Investments. Mobvi is looking to mobilise $100 million. Voice interface technology developer Mobvi is backed by Alphabet and Volkswagen and is looking to raise the $100 million at a $1 billion valuation. And SoftBank has feeling out farm easy for $100 million rounds. SoftBank, which is perhaps as active as Tencent in many ways, has backed the online pharmacy a $400 million valuation. On Global University Venturing, 
We've seen DSM Venturing and Strategic Health Investment Partners extend the Stanford Cartilage Replacement Spin-Out Series A round, augmenting a 16 million first close featuring Johnson Johnson and Sage University Partners to 33 million for the A round. And Innovata has invited investors to its Series B round. IP Group, CIC, Cambridge Innovation Capital and Johnson Johnson return to back a $52.2 million Series B round for Innovata, a spin-out of Cancer Research UK and the University of Cambridge. On the funds, we've seen Volta charge up a $180 million fund with corporate help. Equinox, Exelon, Alpamar and Hanon Systems have helped establish the battery technology fund called Volta Energy Technologies, which is supported by a research agreement with Argonne National Laboratory. And on the people side, we've seen SoftBank Vision Fund investor Lydia Jett has been appointed to a partner position, having worked with portfolio companies such as Flipkart, had a massive exit last year, to Walmart, Coupang, an e-commerce peer in China, and Tokopedia, one in Southeast Asia. So she definitely found a good patch to play in there. So congratulations to Lydia. And on perhaps sad news, we've seen Elaine Jones, the vice president at pharmaceutical company Pfizer's corporate venturing unit, has shared the highlights of her career with global corporate venturing ahead of her departure this month in April. She'll be retiring and probably looking to build a portfolio. Boss Barbara Dalton uh, won the Lifetime Achievement Award in the January Awards, you know, given her work at Pfizer with Elaine and before that within GlaxoSmithKline's corporate venturing unit. So real doyens of the industry and uh, Thanks, obviously, over the past decade from Elaine and all the support she's given to us. So thanks very much for that. And uh, that's all the highlights and news for the past week. So have a, have a good week and don't hesitate to get in touch if you need anything for Jane Mawson at globalcorporventuring.com. Best wishes. Global Venturing Review was produced by In-Ear Production. You can find out more by going to inearproduction.com.